0: Thank you for choosing this Dream Center podcast. Don't forget to subscribe for further updates. So I want to try and unfold some things for us today in a very practical way. And sometimes it might seem a little bit humorous. I'm not looking to stare anything away. I'm just trying to make a point, okay? Last week when we was in the worship and Paul was leading, it was really strong. We talked and we looked at the principle of those who soar on wings like eagles, did we not? God gave me a picture when I sat at the front. And the picture he got, uh, that I got that the Lord gave me, I thought, I can't show that. I can't, Lord, this video that's playing in my head, I can't bring it, Lord. Because it will blow off the wheels of what you're trying to do today. So this morning, what I wanted to do, and the word, if you had to, there was a title for the message I'm going to bring today, is coyote or eagle. Now, last week, we saw a very simple principle That the Lord was carrying us on the wings of the eagle. Amen. We know what that means. In Isaiah 40, in verse 9, it declares this. Get yourself up onto a high mountain, O Zion, bearer of good news. Lift up your voices mightily. O Jerusalem, bearer of good news. Lift up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. And that would be so easy for us just to be able to say this morning, that as we stand, oh oh, uh, Dream Centre, say to the cities of Tameside, your God is here. But we first go to the high mountain. Now the whole thing about when you see an eagle in the first place, if you've ever seen a nature film, you don't have to go to the zoo and see one around, is that when an eagle takes off, I don't know if you've noticed, it doesn't flap its wings. It just soars. It is lifted on the heat thermals of the air, and it can be there for hours, just resting in the atmosphere. And it goes from place to place, and it looks around, and its eyesight is absolutely superb. It can see the smallest thing that's on the ground. And the eagle is carried along. You don't see an eagle flapping its arms like Billyo, trying to stay there, getting all out of puff. And the thing the Lord was saying to us last week is that your own effort won't keep you in this environment. You can flap around as much as you want. You can try. You can run after something. The whole thing about encountering God is not about me being stressed and me feeling the strife and having to run after something crazily. I mean, as we said the scripture before, even youths grow tired and weary, but those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. There is something that happens when we find a God encounter moment that when we touch him and his presence is here, he lifts us. And there's nothing I can do in my natural man that will change that. I can get all stressed, I can pull it all around, but it isn't going to change anything. In fact, oftentimes when I come to a time of worship and I come to know the uh, intimacy of God, this is how I feel, Nick. This is more how I feel at times. Now, I don't know about you, but there's not every day I feel like an eagle. There's sometimes I'm running and I'm pursuing something and I'm going after God. And then I find myself in an environment that I'm not used to. All of a sudden, I find that I'm lifted. I'm somewhere. I'm meeting God. And then Billy Brain kicks in. And then when Billy Brain kicks in. And I have that moment of that realization, almost like Wile E. Coyote, where I go, hang on. And I touch my environment and find it's not the one I'm used to. And then I fall from the place that I was. Because I try and hold everything just in my mind. So I try harder. So if you've seen some of those Wile e. Coyote uh, movies in the past, you'll see people flapping. Cartoon guys are brilliant, aren't they? Because they can run on the spot for a while. And then they have that realisation of where they look to the camera and just go, it isn't going to work. And they fall from that place. Now, what I wanted to do is say this morning, literally bring a realisation that as we're touching God and even touching God the way we was in our worship, we're not all making the same journey. And that's all right. We've not all touched heaven this morning. But guess what? We can find out how to do that. You know, we don't have to stay afar off. We don't have to be, why is that fella over there having a brilliant time? Why do they seem to be lost in worship over here? And I'm trying everything that I can do when I can't get it. I'll be really honest with you, there was a time that I had a, a God encounter back in 2000, uh, the year 2000, it was the first time that I went to SOP with Pastor Tony and with Andy Duff. And we had nights of training and building the spirit and pushing some things through. And there was this night where I encountered God in such a way I actually felt the breath of God on my face and that was like brought such an awe of everything. But also when that presence of God drew in, there was this fear that rose up inside of me of what if I never get here again? And then I was trying to plan a roadmap in my own head of going, what did I do to get to this experience? So I kind of thought, right, well, I prayed this way, and then I sang this song, and then I turned around three times and said hallelujah, and then I put a piece of string around me thinking, we can have all kinds of bits that make me think I get from this journey to there. But God has basic principles that says this is how we come through. Now, guess what? It's not a secret. So today, what I want to try and do is show us how we can have those encounters so that when the Holy Spirit comes in, one, I can help to create and build the atmosphere. But two, I can learn to draw from it and then find out what its purpose is and push forward from there. So is that, is that good? Does that make sense? So we don't have to stay in that place. See, because the thing is that God wants in everything that we do is intimacy. God doesn't want, please pardon the phrase here, he doesn't want a one night stand with you. He doesn't want you to charge in and then just charge back out. We have to learn of how he woos us and how we woo him. We heard this morning, pastor said, how God was pursuing us. There is a place of this love relationship where God wants to take hold of us. And do you know what? If he formed me and he made me and he created me in the mother's womb, there's nothing that he doesn't know about me. I might have some skeletons in the closet I might not want you to know, but there's nothing that he doesn't know. Do you know that? So there's nowhere that I can hide. I mean, even if we take the story of Adam and Eve in the garden, and there they are, they eat the fruit and they realise that they're naked. And then he hides behind a bush and he says, he won't know, God's not smart enough to know, that if I suddenly come out in my Armani underpants made of um, these fig leaves and stand around, God won't recognise. There's nothing where you can hide from God. Do you know that? Because what he wants to do, intimacy breaks down in a really simple way. That if you break down that word, and it's not spelt right, so it's okay, because that's me. When we look into something really, really simple, the word intimacy breaks down like this. Into me see. And when I can get to that place of worship and I'm open and say, God, look into me. David said, Lord, search me, try me, see if there's any anxious ways inside of me. It's Lord God, whatever's getting in the way, help me move it out. Because God will show us some things, but then it's my um, it's up to me in the first place to be able to take what he shows me deal with it and remove it if God keeps saying that's a stumbling block that's a stumbling block he'll say it all day long until I remove it and it's no longer a stumbling block so he reveals things to us and we can come through now I was sharing with Pastor Tony last week see because the good thing is Pastor Tony willing to be open with me and I'm open with him and we're very honest and sometimes we ask ourselves a question how the heck did we get there Because sometimes you don't know on your journey that it's almost like a gust of the Spirit took us from one place and we was right there. You were singing a song and 30 seconds later, heaven opened. Something changed inside of us. Now, that's the point. That when we look and even we get those moments, again, I said I'm going to open myself and be really honest with you. And I mentioned to Pastor Tony last Sunday night, the worship was awesome. We're touching God. God is just pouring stuff around. I'm on my journey. I'm just taking off, bang, what comes in my head? Shall I have chips or rice with me tea? (laughs) But again, I'm not talking to you, I'm only talking about me. This random thought absolutely hijacked me en route. So I shake my head a little bit. And kind of think, okay, let's start again. And I feel then that I've got to go back up some steps that I've missed. And go, okay, right, ground yourself, it's all right. Because we're not flustered, we're not flustered, we're okay. We're just, here we go. So I started again. And I'm pushing through. And Pastor Tony's speaking, spring up oh well. I'm singing, oh, spring up oh well. And I can feel everything going, oh, and it's all building. Yes, yes, yes. If United beat Everton next week, <laughs> we probably wouldn't have won the league. But if United draw, or United get beat, I think City will win the league. Why do these mad random thoughts grab us and pull us out of the presence? But I'm only speaking to Phil here this morning, aren't I? So, are we all on the same page? Okay. So, so I've not gone extremely and completely mad. See, but this point is... In all of this journey of where we're going, it's learning to allow our spirits to rise. As our spirits rise and we meet the moment in Him as He comes in, the two worlds collide. We draw heaven down. Yes? It's even in our worship, you see, our standpoint is wrong. Religion says you're a dirty dog who's here, who has to try and make a journey to God. That when we're saved and clean, we worship from the throne room out. We're already in his presence. All these three, four, uh, this might be a revelation to you this morning. We have the place of that we have confidence to approach the throne of grace with confidence. Don't, that's it, what the scripture says. If the blood has washed us and made us clean, if we're seated with him in heavenly places, if this is what we believe over our lives of what the word declares and what the spirit verifies upon us, we're already with him from that place. We're worshipping with the crowd of angels. I'm not trying to get to him. I'm already there. If I'm not there, it's because my life is upside down somewhere. Does that make sense? So I'm going to give you some basic key points this morning that will maybe help us a little bit. Again, I said I'm speaking to me. I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to me this morning. Number one is this, and some of those key features of being able to find God, is that God wants a relationship of intimacy and has made it available. So it's not the holy grail of keep searching all your life and one day you'll bump into God. The scripture says, if you seek me, you will find me. That's right, isn't it? We know that the basic principles, again, that we'll look at later on that help that. But do you know I'm giving you a key message here right now? And that is, you can only ever approach God on his terms. If you turn around and say, God, I'll come to you if you this. I'll come to there if you that. You know, when the prodigal son returned home... He turned around and said to his father, his father is watching from the window for his son to return. He sees him, he runs out and he embraces him and he says, that I may be one of your servants, but let me back in the house. And he said, you're not a servant, you're a son. The response of the boy coming back says, I'm a dirty dog and I'm a servant. He said, no, you're not, you're a son, put a ring on his finger, the robe on him and they celebrated that the son had come home. You can come to God any way you want and think, this is it, God, I dictate on my terms. This is how I feel and this is how it's going to be. And God says, you don't. I make the rules. And as we learn what those rules are, we can encounter him more and more with greater depth, greater intensity. See, the thing is, some of us at times will say, I'm hungry for God and I've not really got there. If you're desperate and if you're in the desert and you're thirsty... No offence, but you'll drink water from my soggy sock. If you're desperate, you'll take it any way it's coming. But when I feel, uh, I'm too mature for this, and I don't do that, and this is the way it's going to be, stay there. Because that's what I'll do. God will just leave you on the sideline and say, okay... Like a spoilt child for a while, I'll just withdraw myself a little bit. I'm still around, but I'll just stop speaking. So you keep talking to me, but I stop talking to you. Why? Because there is the protocol of how to approach him. You can't avoid it. But he wants and he sets in place this intimacy for us. You have to be willing to build a foundation for intimacy. Intimacy is impossible if you just try and do it on a Sunday morning. Do you know that? If you have no walk with God, if you're not fellowshipping the word, if you're not drawing hold of him and building that strong time, the strong relationship between you and God, when you come into a corporate environment, yes, there might be times when you're carried along on the wave of what's happening, but you never really see intimacy. Do you know that? Why is that possible? If you look in the scripture, you'll see um, King Saul was after David. He was looking to slay him and pull him down. He was a man who, the scripture said, he had a spirit that was about him. He turned ill and vile. His heart had gone wrong. But yet when he walked into the environment where the prophets were prophesying, he prophesied. Because you can walk into an environment and get a jumpstart of what's happening around you. But as soon as he stepped out of it, could he prophesy again? The answer is no. So you can come into an environment here, building in the spirit, or Sunday morning, whenever it is, our corporately pushing together, and in that, you're lifted. But there's a grace that's keeping you lifted. To get in and stay in, you need to be building and working on these things in your own life on a daily basis. You have to make a choice to want intimacy. Some like it, others want it, and they won't stop till they've got it. You know, how hungry and passionate are we about these things? You know, you've got to realize as well that for every single one of us here in the Dream Center, if you demand a a relationship of intimacy with God, he will place demands back on you. So we'll say, okay, that's fine. I'll reveal myself. I'll open myself. I'll draw you close. But let's deal with your shopping list. And he starts to deal with aspects of my life and strips some things away. We're responsible, as I said before, for removing the hindrances to intimacy. There are hindrances that come along, whether it's my lifestyle, it's the way I think, the way that I feel, when my mind starts going crazy, whatever it is, I can set myself up almost in in objection to God. I want intimacy, but I question everything that he does. Oh, why'd you do that? What's that for? Do you know, I've got two boys. And my youngest boy, Dan, we all know Dan. And Pastor Tony has been almost like a second, he calls him his second dad. On Father's Day, Pastor Tony gets a present and a card before I do. It's his second dad. (laughs) right? But we all know one thing. We need to say one thing and everybody knows what we're talking about. Dan knows best. (laughs) So yesterday, we're doing some stuff where Dan always thinks that whatever an environment is in, he'll get this idea, he knows best. So it doesn't matter how much you want to give him some knowledge, how you want to help him in a certain area, Dan knows best. So yesterday, he's not here, so I'm all right. Yesterday, we were in the environment of, we're trying to help Dan. Dan just decided, I'm going to buy myself a new TV. So he bought himself a flat screen TV, and he's going to put it on the wall. So he decides he's going to put it in a certain position. Dan, you don't want to do that. What do you know? Well, I've put a telly up before. I wouldn't put it there because, look, Dad, if, if I want your advice, I'm telling you, I'll ask for it, but I'm not. I'm putting the telly there. I've had a job now for three weeks, so I know what I'm doing. I'm all grown up. <laughs> I'm going to put that telly there. So I said, but I need your help. Well, why do you need my help, Dan? Because you know best. Yeah. Look, if you're going to be like that, you can go. Right, I'll go. So I go. I sat down. I'm sat in the living room. <laughs> Ten minutes later, on comes his, hey, Dad. Uh, uh, Sorry about that, Dad. I don't think it was a good idea. to put that telly there, was it? No. Can we move it? Right, come on then, Dan. Let's move it. But that's the kind of way we are with God at times. We think we always know best. And we don't. (laughs) We don't always know. And he carries us and he helps us and his grace will keep us. But also this thing about the intimacy, it should be something we practice every day. If you can been in an environment like this and we're worshipping, we're touching God. I mean, take little Sam there. I mean, I don't get black and white nightmares. The guy's seeing full, full multicolored visions there. God appeared to me, Jesus, come on, mate. I'll show you the way to Zion. I'm going to Sam. I'm sticking with you. <laughs> I'm sticking with you, Sam. He'll go in, Where's Sam going? <laughs> I'm going with him. I'm already going to the shop. I don't care. I'm coming with you because I don't know what you're going to get en route. But it's something that we need to find every day. If that experience of touching him is so precious and so real, there needs to be something. The scripture says, doesn't it? As the deer pants full of water, so my soul longs for you. There's a hungering and a thirsting for righteousness that comes inside of us and says, God, I want to be around you. I want to be around you because, hey, you make me feel good. (laughs) Because I feel so much better when I've been in his presence. When he reveals his word to me. When it's not like, again, I said, I've just got my shopping list and I'm sat there moaning at God. No, when I'm fellowshipping, when I'm talking to him like a friend and he's revealing some stuff and you just feel that weight and burden lifted. My God, what a price. What an awesome thing that we can have, but we don't have to have it once a week. It's not a Sunday treat. It's something that's open to us every day. And it was something we sang on the song this morning, where the scripture said, wasn't it, or the song said, everyone overcomes, everyone can encounter intimacy, everybody can go higher, everybody can go deeper. All we need to do is keep the basic principles in place. So we learn as well, we've got to recognise that we need to learn to develop our spirits, because your spirit has to rise, your spirit is almost like a muscle. So as I learn with it, I get stronger, I can push harder, I can go for longer. I'm not just tired in his his, uh, presence all the time. The scripture declares, doesn't it, that those who worship the Father will worship him in spirit and in truth. That when you saw Peter and he has his confession of Christ, and he says, who do people say that I am? You are the Christ. And his response is, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. When you step into the God arena, it has to be through the area of your spirit. But so much we have to deal with a madman who lives in the attic. Because I don't know about you, but I try and filter everything here before I allow this to open. So what will happen is we're pushing through. Pastor might say something. I go, ah, you said that, but what about this? And I remember reading something on Google. And what about this other bit? And there's all these things that come in that have actually watered down completely what God is trying to say. Because this filter took over first. But again, that's only the fill filter we'll call it the fill filter this morning there's so much where my brain kicks in and wants to just take by uh, take things on but God is learning to train us and build this through and what is absolutely fantastic as more and more are making the journey we're getting in there quicker. You know, we don't have to be standing here every week going, oh, come on, let's raise those holy hands. Come on, we've got to make a journey. Come on, the king is waiting. Come on, the king's on his throne. Come on, the king's waiting to embrace you. Come on. The-. I, almost got, I almost got like a, an African preacher then, didn't I, almost? But we can get to that place of saying, come on, my Lord, we reach in, we lift our hands and we touch heaven. You know, I was talking to Pastor Peter about some of his experiences and his encounters in God. And he said he got to the place now where, because on a daily basis he was building his spirit and working some things through, it can be in any environment, even one that's dead, raise his hands and heaven drops down. Why? Because that's you finding your position. It's not just corporately what we're doing. Individually, we raise up and take hold of stuff. See, we're creating environments for, uh, for a zionic explosion here in the corporate midst, aren't we? Just think of what's happening at the moment. What we've just launched. You've got your own personal encounters. You've got the meeting places of God. The men started with the uh, man up sessions yesterday, and the lady said, Amen. "The kids have got unleashed." Where the breaking opening God. Things are happening in kids' church. Things are happening in little dreamers. We've got to be able to charter the waters where we find ourselves so we can point point the way for other people to have their own Zion explosion without limitations. Because we're not just looking for God to touch the dream centre. Sorry if that became as a surprise for you this morning. But the river's coming into the house so it can go to the city. The city is at the door. So as we learn to encounter God and push through, you've got to be able to say, David comes in, he asks a question, how did you encounter God? Well, what we found is this. We started to pray this way. I started to get my heart. This is what God started to declare. You've got to make it so simple that everybody can make a journey. Amen. Amen. If God's heart is that he wants none to perish, but all to come to the knowledge of him, we should be able to demonstrate physically so we have our working environment of how God pours out. But also in my personal life, this is what God's doing for me. This is my testimony. I know you ladies in the meeting places of God are finding out the power of what is a testimony on your own lives. The guys are dealing with different things. Of uh, Fellas, it's a secret to us, so we know. soleosis. Right? So three of you were listening yesterday, you might, you might have to teach that again. I said to Pastor Tony last night in the gym when he talked about football, I said, you didn't have scoliosis though, did you? Because you can't pass the ball. <laughs> well, we'll let that one go. But we're finding that place. Now I was going to talk about some key factors in the middle that maybe would help us, but we'll pick that up for another time. All I want to do is maybe just drop a seed into you at the moment. And I'll explain it in more depth at a later time. I was having a conversation earlier in the year with Kevin. We were bouncing some stuff around. And we, we asked a question, bounced it back. We pushed and pulled. And oftentimes, um, Kevin and I will almost be like a seesaw. You'll say something, you respond, say something, respond. and You push and pull, push and pull, which is good because it helps develop me and it helps develop him. I came up with this kind of concept. And the concept is this. Called it the three C's. The three C's in life is that if we know the context, if we have godly counsel, and if I use common sense, those three things will keep me in almost every aspect of my life. So let will tell you them again: counsel. If you hang around the wise, you become. Lie down with a dog, you get. Where are you spend in your time, you can shape each other. Iron sharpens iron. So godly counsel. If you want the right answer. Speak to the right person. If I want to know about anything about, say, um, systems for moving things around my factory on a conveyor belt kind of format, I'm going to speak to Nick. Because that's what Nick is. Yeah? If I want to know anything about high-end BT, how it works, and how's the best way to put a bid in, I'm going to speak to Andy. Yes? Speak to the right person. Then we have common sense. People turn around and tell us that the greatest commodities in life are gold, silver, and oil. The greatest commodity that you can ever have is a bit of common sense. Because common sense will keep you. When people are being stupid, a bit of common sense will help us. And finally, when we turn around and say about context, is that what God is happening and doing in the house, keep everything in biblical context. If you keep it in context, and we work those things through, i.e., quick example, somebody says and uses the scripture... And says, uh, give and it'll be given unto you. Press down, running over. Is that the scripture? Am I quoting Bible there? Yes, anybody help me? Read it before? Yes. And they say, if you do this in the area of your giving, God will give it you. So it's pressed down and running over. We asked 100 people and the survey said, out of context. That scripture is about forgiveness. If you forgive, forgiveness comes back to you. But somebody who was a bit skint that week and stood at the front of church and said, if you give, it's going to be given. Press down, running over. You give God God a hundred, he's going to times that by ten, you're going to get a thousand back. It's completely out of context. But we have to understand the nature of our waters and what God is saying to us so that we keep the environment safe and we don't fall into error. Because it's easy when I'm having a moment. You've all seen that poster from Skegness. Seen a poster from Skegness? Come to Skegness. And it's the fisherman like this, in his wellies, dancing on the beach. We can have a moment in God of coming to church and going, I'm having a moment. But that moment doesn't change anything when I throw my brain out. Because we have to say, God, we're held by your word. I'm not held by emotions. I'm not held by my feelings. And I'm not held, Lord God, just by an experience. You are what holds me. You keep me. You form me. Is that true? So is that safety nets for us? So we know some of the basic principles. I could go into all of these in depth, but we don't have time. Because I want to push something through. But this is really what I want to pick up on. There is water in the house. The natures of our waters is massive. In Ezekiel 47, verses 3 to 6, declares this. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits, and then he led me through the water to ankle deep. He measured off another cubit's, A 1,000 cubits, and he led me through the water that was knee-deep. He measured off another 1,000 and led me through the water that was waist-deep. He measured off another 1,000, but by now the river I could not cross, because the water risen was so deep it was even enough to swim in. A river that no one could cross, he asked me, Son of man, do you see this? There is water in the house. There's water in the house. And the angel and the God and the spirit of God turns around and says and declares one thing to us this morning. It's time to measure off another thousand. You see, if we read the beginning of that scripture from Ezekiel, it says that when the water came from the threshold, it comes from the throne. It is but a trickle. So it starts as a trickle. But the more the man measured off, the water got deeper. Can I help you with something? Basic geography this morning. The river is always deep. It's just where do I find myself on my satnav? Am I at the bit that's a trickle? Am I ankle deep? Am I knee deep? Am I waist deep? Or has he got all of me? The river exists. It's not he didn't say, measure off another thousand, and God poured out a bit more water and it got deeper. The river's always there. So when God declares, if we remember what Pastor Karen said, Pastor Karen said, the the uh, very Uh, pocket almost like a balloon above the church is ready to explode there is a deluge that is happening for those who've been around long enough and a bit longer in the teeth we remember back in the days when youth was called deluge why because taken from the dam busters a time of deluge is coming And we're measuring off another thousand. But the great thing is, when it says the river's coming from the throne, we've already dealt with one issue. The origin of the river is God. The origin of the river, sorry to burst any balloons here for you this morning, is not Pastor Peter. It's not Pastor Tony or another man. God is the river. He's flowing from his throne. He's the origin. And we know as well from scripture that God only gives good gifts. Correct? Correct? It says, doesn't it, the blessings of God make rich and add no sorrow. That's not just, I've just put a fiver in your pocket and I never actually asked for the change. It's not the blessings of God that when he comes to us, it helps us to make our lives stronger, bigger, better. We get more expanded in him. So it's time, like I said, for the man to measure off another thousand. See, we've had a trip to the seaside, haven't we? You've never had a real trip to the seaside unless you've had a paddle. You can't go to the seaside and stand over here. So you stand, you've stand. you been to Blackpool. You've had a bag of chips. You've got a tattoo, because that's what everybody seems to do at Blackpool, a tattoo and a bag of chips. you stood on the promenade, but you've not been to Blackpool until you've been to the sea. And you're kicking the Coke cans and the crisp packets out the way. But you get into the edge of the water. You roll up your pants a little bit. But if, come on, fellas, you've been with us. You roll up to half your shins and you have a little bit of a splash because you think this is going to be absolutely brilliant. And then you forget that you never took anything with you. So you've got all sand in your toes and it's on, stuck in your sock and it's really awkward then for the rest of the day. But you had a taste, didn't you? We had a paddle. Would that be correct? Now, the thing is that I found is this. Where the natures of the waters are, it said, didn't it? Ankle, knee, waist, deep. Now, I talked about context before, but I'm going to twist it slightly. So don't just stone me on day one. I'm just allowed to change a little bit. We're talking about being in the river or being in the sea, correct? Because the river goes to the sea, does it not? If you read the rest of Ezekiel 47. So what I'm going to talk about this morning is surfing. Because as you can see, I'm a general surfboard. I've got everything going for me but I realized when I started to look at it these three areas where we can start to surf and the surf first area of surfing is this one it's called skimming nick now it's brilliant you can see the guy you throw your board on the edge of the water you run after it. You can jump on it. You can skid on it. Brilliant. Is he surfing? He's kind of surfing, isn't he? It? It's kind of like dabbling around the edges a little bit. And that was where some of us have been. We had an encounter a month ago, six weeks ago. Pastor Peter was here with Karen. And, you know, we was expecting God. And we talked about the river. And we got things going. And then some of us had a moment of encounter And it ended up like that, where I've moved from here to there, but I've never really changed my environment. I was still stood on the shore, but I've moved. At least they decided, I got involved. I'm not there making sandcastles. I got on my board, and I gave it a go. Now, sometimes you'll find people, whether it be fear, lack of understanding, lack of knowledge, lack of experience, they've never been that way before. So for you doing that, compared to having a paddle, it's an advancement, would you say? And that's what we're looking at. We're looking to see how we can pull things around. But I'm great because I don't mean I'm great. I mean, I could be great. But (laughs) what I do is I'm a people person. So I'm a people person. I observe. Some would say nosy. But others would say I'm an observer of people. Now, what you'll do is you get this environment and just think with worship was going strong. we got everything. Just think we'll wind the clock back to when Peter and Karen were here. Remember, Peter and Karen didn't bring something. They helped release what was already in the house. We thanked them for it. We thank Peter for it. And he'll be coming back again. Yes? But he helped us birth into something that was already waiting to come. Yes? But well, that's for another day. So, we're here. We're in the environment. Peter's preaching. And then he goes, okay, yeah. You, you, you and you. Can you just come to the front? When they step forward, what step do you think everybody else took? It was that one, wasn't it? Can I have three volunteers, please? And everybody else takes a step back. Why? Because they want to wait and see what happens to you before I'm ever going to let it happen to me. Is that right? Is that a fair kind of assumption of when you look at people? And what I started to see is watch over the course of the night as people were getting prayed for, people were having breakthroughs, people were touching God, which is absolutely fantastic. And then you kind of saw people who were stood at the back kind of like take two steps forward going, oh, I'm a bit closer now. I'm a bit closer. And when Pastor Peter went to pray for people, there was like 15 people in total. Half an hour later, everybody in the church was in this line. Anybody turn up at the same night I did. And the great factor is, is that when you saw the youth, some of the youth run forward like that. Brilliant, I'm getting in, I'm getting in. And all the rest of the youth kind of went, let's wait and see what happens to them. <laughs> Because if they look like a nutter, I'm not doing it. <laughs> but you saw people who were maybe in their peers, who'd, who'd walked a bit, who have some kind of kudos among the youth, kind of go, I'm going, That's all right, I'm making that step. They made the step. And when those people made a step, everybody else said, if they're going, if it works for David Platt, it works for me. And they got in. Did they not? Yeah. And they push forward. But people will always want to watch what's happening. And so we sing again spring up all oh well so now we get to the place of after being in an environment where we've been prayed for for the first time we kind of get a bit giddy oh, don't you get giddy I get giddy I have a little bit of part of my character that can get giddy every now and then but when I get giddy where the river is this is sometimes what happens Nick I'm ready get me bored all ready to go Come on, come on, come on, <laughs> It was a nice try. i give it a go. I kind of decided I'm going further than I... I'm going to go further today than I did last week. But if I still do the basic things, like I mess up on protocol, I try and live a life that's not clean before him, I do stuff, and I'll run in, I'm more likely to give it the... And have one of those moments, yeah? You see, because when we're young and we're inexperienced and God's doing something in the house, we kind of get like spiritual train spotters. And a spiritual train spotter is, how many experiences can it tick off the list? So, he fell down. He didn't fall down. He shook. She didn't shake. He laughed. He didn't laugh. And you look through and you can kind of go, what do I want and what don't I want? Again, is that just me? I'll be honest. Again, I said I'm being really honest with you this morning. When Pastor Tony and I went to Melbourne last year, we landed in Melbourne. We'd been traveling for 30 hours. We got out and it was going to be some hours before we met the guys and we were just in Melbourne Town Square and we're walking across the road and I said, Tony, can I just talk to you a minute? He went, you've been talking for the last 30 odd hours. What more can you still say? And I just said, If we get in this environment where Zion's breaking out, yeah, you know, and you just get that, yeah, which ones don't you want? (laughs) 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 Because I kind of said, God, you know, if you break out in certain ways and maybe people laugh or they don't laugh or they do something, what if I look a bit silly? It's always withdrawing. I'm withdrawing a little bit. But in that process, I had to come to the terms and say, God, deal with me any way that you want to deal with me. Now, I've, I can't tell because I live on in the inside of my face. <laughs> but I believe that when Pastor Tony was getting prayed for um, from Peter on, on the night before he went, they said, can we have a couple of guys that can just help? And Andy and I went to help in case Pastor Tony had a moment. And we were waiting to pray for, to, for him to get prayed for. And I was like a Scotchman in Glasgow at three in the morning with a kebab compass. I was like, This, I'm gonna, I'll be there in a minute. And it was like, One forward, two back. I've got my kebab compass because the kebab will always get you home. You always kind of follow your way around. And Andy and I were stood there, and I just heard, You catch Phil, I'll catch me dad. (laughs) We're there to try and help him. But in that environment, If all I'm ever concerned about is how do I look, what's it feeling, I will always withdraw myself from the water. Nick? And that's the problem. We try and withdraw ourselves. The next kind of section is from skimming, is that once you're in, it's called bodyboarding. And bodyboarding is you use a half board and you don't go very far. So if you can see, everybody's having a go, we're all in the water. The only factor is they're only from here to the car park away from the, from the coast. They're not going very far. It's the experience of how I can ride a little bit in this environment. So I feel like I've got something and I feel like I'm in, but nothing really changed. That makes sense? And when I was praying this through, what I kind of felt was for many believers, this is where we actually find our lives. Get to the place where I'm in, so I'm no longer on the beach, so I'm not a novice, we've moved off. So I can look and actually feel a bit more kind of righteous than you by saying, Aha, uh-huh, but I moved. And I moved to this bit, so I'm far enough in the water to say I'm in the water and I'm not a novice, but I'm close enough to say I'm uncomfortable and I'm going back. <laughs> So I never really give myself to anything, and that's where, when we're in the house, gift never really gets uh, matured, we never pushed through to things to completion, and we never really see the embracing of the kingdom. The kingdom come down and break out amongst us. Why? Because I feel myself that I've got a board under my arm, and I go out a little bit, at least I'm in. But God said he wants us to go all the way. Amen? But the word of the Lord came again. Measure off another thousand. You see, for some of us, we got tongues and decided that was it. We got to the place of saying, right, if speaking in tongues is the first initial evidence that the Holy Spirit wants to do something in your life, it's the starting point. It's not the end of your life. It's meant to be what can activate our spirits, cause it to increase, grow it, stretch it, so that God can put more in. But I settled for Calagasita, Alavashandi, and a Bacardi too, And I stuck there and kind of think, that's it. I Look at, oh, how heaven fell down on me. It's the starting place. It was never where we should camp. We're going all the way. And finally... I expected half of the first row to be. Now that's riding a wave. That's going all the way, amen. On our spirit adventure, man up. We're doing that, I tell you. Now that's come on. Now that's a wave. And even though it's breaking around you, you're still coming through. Amen. Nick, the beer old all there if you let them. The scripture says this from uh, Psalm 107. Those who go d- uh, down into the sea in ships, those who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord, the wonders of the deep. When we get out into deep waters, when we push further than we've ever been before, then God starts to reveal something of his nature. Now, we can be in the house, like we said, we measure ourselves on the river. I might be ankle deep, somebody might be knee deep, waist deep, or I'm swimming all the way. It doesn't matter if you're ankle deep. It's not a problem. It's only a problem if you decide to stay there. Say, my God, Father, I want you to take more. Take us deeper. Take us further. Pastor Tony was building this morning, and it's the spirit dynamic. Again, we're not singing songs. We're building a spirit environment. We're finding and uh, and following the nature of our water. We know what the purpose is. The purpose is, is that river has to go to the city. Amen. It's looking to break out. But you and I have to change our profile. Have to push further than we have ever wanted to do before. A couple of quick things, and then we're finished. We're out of here. Number one, you have to be willing to go um, out towards the deep water. Are you willing to move towards what God's doing? Will be number one. You never ever experience the deep things of God while you're paddling. Number two, you must understand the nature of your water. Learn to keep your powder dry. Every seventh wave is the biggest. Don't just jump into every experience. It's fine when things are happening and God's pouring out. We can use smaller words to help train us, to shape us, to become more skilled so we know about environments. But if we follow the prophetic word, we know where it's going. We know what it's supposed to be doing and it doesn't become self-indulgent. Number three, we learn to respond quickly to what the Spirit's leading is. It's easy to say, I recognise what God is doing, I can see that's the river of God, but still be stood here looking at it. When the river's moving, get ready, get prepared and get ready to go. You know, there's a reason why the guys, uh, when they surf properly, like the guy on the big wave there, they wax their surfboard. It's preparation in the first place that when we go out deep, I can stand. It works like a sticky resin on the board, so your feet will stick to it. If you don't prepare beforehand in your own walk with God, in keeping the account clean, when you come to the deep waters, you're going to crash and burn. It's not you're not going to be held there for very long. Number four, you can't avoid the waves. When the waves are coming, try and swim round one. You know there's no corners in a wave, don't you? You can't turn left at a wave. When it's coming, you've got to face it. We're going through it. This is an experience that we're going in. So you've got to be willing to go that way. Number four, know when to go all out. When that wave's coming and God's pushing, we hold ourselves. And I said to Pastor Tony last week, those of us who were building in the spirit, you're feeling, you're seeing what was going. We went, it was almost like that moment on the, you know, you're on a roller coaster. It was like, we're in. No, it's almost. We're in. No, it's almost. We're in. No, it's almost. Whoa, we're going. And we went over. And there's that moment of going, yeah, we could stop here. We could camp here. It looks like we're going to camp here. No, we're going again. It's knowing when to be able to go all out and push all the way. The goal of the wave is to ride it to its conclusion. It's not about times of refreshing for you and I. But it's for city transformation we're looking for God to break out we have to understand and realize and we haven't got time to look into it this the dream center is a governing house it has to align itself to the wave and what god is doing we will be part of we will not be a hindrance we will be part of what god does when he explodes on the city of manchester we have our part to play we're a governing house we cannot allow it to become self-indulgent for us We got the word last year that said in the building in the spirit, don't allow these evenings become self-indulgent. Because people were finding the presence of God and then going, oh, here's my shopping list. And we made it all about us and how I felt rather than God, you've built up a momentum so that we can push and say, God, this is for the city. We were launching missiles into that spiritual atmosphere that were breaking things open and are breaking things open. That's what we're building in the spirit for. Not just to say, did you tingle, Dave? Did you? Did you? There's in the back of your neck stand up. It's not what it's about. We're not looking to do that. We're looking to go all the way in him. So it's time to measure off another thousand. And the challenge to us this morning is twofold. Number one, what is the nature of your water? If the nature of your water is that when you can look at your environment and say, I'm ankle deep. Right, well, let's make the progression of taking these things, and I can give you the notes in more detail if you wish. We can look at how we start to apply so we can go deeper. Say, Lord, my God, I'm giving myself more to you again. I'm drawing on you, Lord. This is where we're going. So I can move from one degree to the next. I measure off another thousand. And the second point is this, is that we found out what it was like to splash in the water. We've splashed and we had a good time. But we've got to go all the way. We've got to go all the way. There's no chance of us just stopping and saying, my God, Father, we just had that moment where everything shake rattled and rolled. We've got to go all the way with him. See, the thing about going out into the deep exposes one thing, yours and my frailties. Because in the deep, your gift, your talent and your natural ability will not hold you. It will not cause you to stand. It has to be those who go out into the deep will find the wonders of God. They see the miracles of God. Because saying, Lord God, this is your environment. you are taken us all the way. Amen. So come on, church. Let's just stand to our feet. Like we said, it's time to measure off another thousand. Times of expectancy, faith, intimacy of levels that we've only ever dreamed of before. We've got to go all the way with him. But the nature has been, yes, maybe we're trying to find our way into the presence and we told you how to do that. But when the river starts to flow, we say, my God, Father, I'm not happy. I don't want to just settle for paddling. But Lord, we want to go all the way with you. Come on, church. Let's just raise our holy hands this morning. Father God, we just want to declare over this house. Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy towards us. Lord God, Father, we thank you for your word that declares that you do nothing before you reveal it to your spirit, the prophets. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information, go to www.thedreamcenter.co.uk.